uh, but we're starting a brand new series. We're super excited about it uh, called Sex with the Lights On. And uh, we're doing this series, uh, this collection of talks, uh, because we believe that God is uh, passionate about sex. He is interested in relationships. He, he has a plan for your sex life and your relationships. And uh, really the heart behind this series, Sex with the Lights On, goes back to the garden. Uh, very beginning of the Bible, when God created humanity, Adam and Eve were in the garden, and they were naked and unashamed. That's what the Bible tells us. They were naked and unashamed. So in other words, they were having sex with the lights on. They didn't need to turn the lights off. They didn't need to hide anything or cover anything up. There was no shame. There was no guilt. Lights on. Let's go for it in the middle of the day in front of all the animals. We're going to make it happen. So that's what it stems from. And, and really, we just believe God is so passionate about this stuff. God created sex. Come on, somebody. God created sex. He loves sex. He loves relationships. And so what we want to do over the course of the next four weeks is we really want to help you succeed when it comes to relationships. We want to set you up for success when it comes to relationships. And really what we want to do is go to the Bible. Uh, we believe that this book is not outdated. It's not outdated. The truth in this Bible is timeless, and it's true today as it was 2,000 years ago. And God has a lot to say about relationships and sex and, and all of those kinds of things. So over the next couple of weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about relationships and different angles around relationships, sexuality, all of that kind of stuff. But tonight, we're going to be talking about dating. Mm -hmm. Dating. And I just think it's interesting. I haven't, Mark and I have not been married that long, but I already feel like dating has changed so much, even from when we were in the dating world, talking to my friends who are single. I'm confused sometimes. Like, I'll be talking to people. I'm like, oh, so are you two dating? And they're like, no, no, we're seeing each other. I'm like, didn't know there's a difference. And they're, and they just, there's all these different, you know, sayings and different things. And we see so many different things in our culture. Does anyone watch The Bachelor? Anybody? Yeah, my, my Monday night's just the front row with me. <laughs> They're usually at my house watching it too. Um, the Bachelor is probably the most confusing dating show where one, currently there's one man and all of these women call him their, his, her boyfriend. Like they like call him their boyfriend and they say we're his girlfriends. I'm like, that's a confusing in the dating world. Like it's so different. And it's just like, a, I mean, not, that's on a show, but dating is full of all these different dynamics and different ideas. There's, you know, we're not exclusive. We just hook up, but I'm not, I'm seeing this girl. It's just so confusing. And I think why we wanted to do this series was if you want something meaningful, if you want something with purpose, if you want something that's going to last, you're going to have to follow some guidelines. And that's kind of the heart behind this sermon. Yeah, so uh, before we jump in, uh, we wanna, I just want to give you a disclaimer. Uh, so a few things that I wanted to get out in the open right from the beginning of this message is that dating, although we're talking about it tonight, is not in the Bible. Crazy, hey? Dating is not in the Bible. We actually created that uh, pretty recently, actually. But dating is not in the Bible. And so um, it doesn't say this is how you should date. But it does speak to a lot of other different things. It speaks to things like character. It speaks to things like commitment. It speaks to things like purpose. And so we're really having to go outside of dating to see what God has to say about uh, what, what's surrounding dating so we can know what his heart is but in dating. Um, also, dating advice is really, really tough. We want to help as many people as possible and bless as many people as possible uh, through this series, but dating is not a one-size-fits-all. And so based on your experience, based on your desires, based on where you're at in life, it, 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 we're all in different places. We're all on different parts of the journey. Um, but regardless of where you're at, we think that God wants to speak to you. Uh, he wants to say something to you. You just have to put in the work 
to figure out what God is speaking to you. Because uh, we're going to go through a bunch of stuff, and you might have to just be like, okay, that was for me. Okay, that, that's like eight years from now, and maybe that was four months ago, and, but this is for me today. So you might have to do some work. Um, as well, we all have relationships. So um, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you want to be single or not, whether you're in a relationship and you want to be in that relationship or not, we all have different relationships. And so, again, God wants to speak to all of us. And as well, no matter your faith background, we believe that the wisdom of Scripture, even if you don't believe in Jesus, that the wisdom of this Bible um, can, can impact your life. And so even if you're here and you don't share the same faith as us, we would say, hey, lean in, come expecting to learn something because we do believe uh, God wants to say something to you. And then finally, last disclaimer, is we're going to have to whip through this stuff really, really quick because we only have 24 minutes and 12 seconds left. And, and, and so we got to whip through it really, really quick. And so we might skip over something. We might miss something. We might say something that kind of throws you off because your experience was a little different. Um, that's just the nature of, of a series like this. We have literally, like, all of you could preach a different sermon on dating. And, and so, but we got to go through it really quick. But with that being said, one of the things that we're excited about is the last week of this series, we're doing a Q&A. And so up on the screens, we're throwing up this phone number. Uh, if you want to text that, it's 100% uh, anonymous. We won't know who, who sent the text, but it'll go to this uh, service that we have set up. So if you have any questions about relationships, marriage, dating, sex, purity, anything along those lines, uh, we're going to be answering these questions at our panel in the final week of this series. So with that being said, what we want to do tonight is give you eight principles about dating. Awesome. So the first one is trust God in your season. And as soon as I said that, people start to shut down. They're like, this is the worst coming from a married person. They would say that. Um, but the truth is discontentment lives in all areas of life. And we want, wanted to start with this one because we live in a world where everyone's looking to the next. If you talk to most people, it's like, oh, I'm just waiting to graduate. I'm just waiting to get to that next job. I'm just waiting to get, you know, a boyfriend. Or I'm just waiting for my boyfriend to propose. I'm just waiting to get married. And it just becomes this over and over and over again where we're not even living in the moment and life passes us by and you're not even enjoying the seasons of life you're in. Um, for me, there's been for mo so many moments where I become discontent. And discontentment stems out of not trusting where God has us. Mm -hmm. And I am a person who loves to control. I'm a big control freak. Um, I love to control every aspect of my life. I like to control my friends' lives. I like to tell them how they should live their life. Um, I'm a social worker, and part of my job, I can court mandate people to do things. Like, I'm living a control freak's dream. Like, I can literally like, tell people what to how to live their life. Um, and that's a, that's a hard thing for me. So when I'm struggling in a season, I'm feeling discontent, I'm like, I gotta trust over control, but that's especially hard when we can't see into that next season because we're not God and that's the reality. And so um, I think the big thing here is that you need to trust God because you shouldn't force a season either. I really thought, because people force seasons, people force relationships, people force marriages. And here's the thing, if you're not content in the season you find yourself in, you're certainly not gonna find yourself content in that relationship or in that next season. And relationships magnify your insecurities, guys. They don't fix them. <laughs> I used to think that. I was like, oh, I just need a guy to tell me I'm beautiful, and then I'll feel it all the time. No, that doesn't happen. Because when you're discontent about something, it's going to continue on. And then you're with this person who sees all your insecurities, who sees what you're not good at, and, and it magnifies it in your own heart. So I'm just going to jump quickly over here to Philippians. Chapter 4, if you have your Bibles, I'm always really bad at bringing my Bible here, um, but chapter 4, verse 10. Oh. Did I flip over? 
over. Okay. So Philippians is in the New Testament, and it's a book of, from Paul, and he says here, I have rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have received your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Now that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I have known how to be brought low, and I have known how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and needs, if I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And what Paul's talking about here is that he's found contentment, even when he's the highest of highs or the lows of lows, he has this contentment and trust in God. Um, my friend Chelsea, where is she? Right there. She's single. So there, just a little <laughs> shout out. Um, my friend Chelsea one time sent me this meme, and the meme was this person where it said, money can't buy happiness. And then right below it, the person's like, but just let me try. <laughs> That's the human condition. Because even as we hear this, we're like, but I know you say that, but I think I would actually be happier. And that's because we have a God-sized hole in all of our hearts that he can only complete. No one else can do that for you. And I really want to emphasize that if you're feeling unhappy, if you're feeling frustrated, work on that now. And here's the thing. I know some of you are hearing that, and you're like, but I'm in a season of heartbreak. I'm in a season of divorce. I'm in a season of discouragement. I'm in a season where I have no place. I don't want to be there. But let me encourage you in this. In any tough season I've been in, God has given me so much strength. Any tough season I've been in, I know that God cares for me. I have to be reminded sometimes, but he does care for you. We care for you here at the Ascent as well. And just to know that if you lean in and you fight, you have to fight for it. It is a fight to be content. Um, you're just going to be so much better off for it in every season. Ain't that good? Come on. So good. I hope you're taking notes. Make sure you're taking notes because this girl can preach. Uh, but along those lines, uh, the second principle is this. Keep growing. Keep growing. Write that down. Keep growing. I think we can get so caught up in tomorrow that we literally forget about today. And when you, when you do that, when that happens, you actually just stop growing. You don't grow. You lose all momentum. Because if you want to grow, you actually have to be intentional. You have to be purposeful. I mean, how crazy is it? How silly is it for us to think, like, if I don't go to the gym, my muscles will grow? It just doesn't happen. You have to be intentional. And, and so we just want to encourage you to keep growing. And so while Scripture doesn't say really anything about dating, it does say a lot about your character and your character development and your growth. God's heart is that we would always grow, that we would never stop growing. He is a God of momentum. He is a God of movement. He is a God of progress and advancing. He desires us to always be growing. There's this scripture. I want to read it for you. It's in Matthew 7. Matthew was one of Jesus's disciples. He was this crazy guy. He was this tax collector. He was hated by his people, but then Jesus got a hold of his heart, and he became this uber cons uh, uh, generous. I was going to say conservative. Where did that come from? Uber conservative. Uber generous guy, not conservative with his wallet, very liberal with his wallet, and he would just bless people, and uh, yeah, God got a hold of his heart, and check out what he writes that Jesus said in um, Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. He records Jesus saying, judge not, that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, or your sister's eye, but you do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother or sister, let me take that speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye, you hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your 
brother's eye. So Jesus makes it so clear. Don't worry about them. Don't worry about other people. Work on yourself. Yeah, they've got a speck, but you've got a log. You've got a whole lot of issues, and I want you to work on them, and I want to partner with you while you work on them. So stop worrying about other people. Be concerned with your own character <coughs> and your own growth. We should be, as followers of Jesus, we should constantly be asking, who am I becoming? Who am I becoming? So often we're running around saying, what am I getting and who am I getting? We need to say, who am I becoming? I love, uh, there's a pastor in the States in Atlanta. His name is Andy Stanley. He says this, he says, are you the one you're looking for is looking for? You got to work on yourself. You got to develop yourself. You got to constantly be working on yourself. It's not bad to look forward to what's next. Mm -hmm. It's not bad to desire. It's not bad to, to long for something. It's not bad at all. But it is bad when you get lost in that place, when you get lost in the fantasy that you've left reality and you're no longer working on yourself and you stop growing. That's detrimental to your life because you're missing out on what God wants to do in your life and how he wants to develop you. But you're also, you're also uh, creating unnecessary difficulty in your relationship because when you get to that point where you enter into a relationship, you are not the person you were supposed to be. You're not strong enough to, to be in a relationship because relationships are, are tough. Another pastor, Levi Lusco in Montana, he says, marrying the wrong person isn't the biggest problem. Being the wrong one is. That's tough to hear, hey? Being the wrong person is. So, so, so whether you want to be in a relationship or not, whether you're dating or not dating, whether you're married, whatever season you're in, like Roberta was alluding to, work on yourself and grow into everything that Jesus wants you to be. So that's the second principle, and Roberta's going to give us the third. The third one, put yourself out there. Yeah. Okay, what are you doing to meet new people? Are you sitting by the same people every single service you come here? Are you? They're not helping you. They're just as lost as you are. Stop sitting with each other. Um, <laughs> I'm always bugging my friends about this. Um, but are, you can't, you can't um, squeeze water from a stone, people. Like, if you've tried it, it's not working. You've got to try something new, new waves, new roads. Um, I think a huge thing, if you come to the Ascent, are you going to a crew after? Or are you going home? That's like a great place to meet people. And we're not saying you come to church just to meet someone, but this is the best place to find your spouse. This is the best place to start that relationship, to start that friendship. And, and here's, if you're married, this is one's for free. Keep serving. Can I just say, keep serving. And as you're, if you are single, serve. That's another place to find someone. Join the dream team. Join the dream team. And if you're married, join the dream team. I don't know how many couples come to Mark and I, they're engaged, they're about to get married, and they say, you know what, we just need a season just to stay, you know, work on our, you know, just work on our marriage, concentrate on ourselves. That's selfish. I'm just saying it. And I know this might hurt you. The worst thing you could do for your marriage is to only look at yourself. The best thing you can do for your spouse is to serve. The best thing you can do for your, the person you're dating is to serve. If you're just so in each other's world, guys, Mark would make a terrible Jesus. I can't serve only, like, I can't just serve him. I need to serve the greater purpose yeah. and what's going on. And if you are single, like, keep living life. Stop waiting for it to happen um, and to serve and to do all those things. And can I just say, ladies... You are strong, independent women. If you are interested in someone, you can go up to them. I give you full permission. You don't have to be embarrassed. He doesn't have to come to you. If you're interested, you can go talk to him. Coming from the front. <laughs> and I think, like, guys, be bold. Yeah. Like, girls want went, you yeah. to be bold. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, they want you to walk up to them. Do you remember in junior high... 
there was always that, that kid who like had interesting hair and had an interesting outfit, but he was always around like the pretty hot girls and somehow he was always dating them. Like, do you remember that kid? I remember that kid. In my junior high, his name was Quentin. <laughs> Quentin always had a honey on his side. Yeah. Want to know why? Because he was bold enough to just go up and talk to them. Yeah. That's literally so much. It's just having so the boldness much. and the courage to go up and talk to them. So put yourself out there. Because what you gain, even if you lose, even if it's a little awkward, what you can gain is so much greater than that awkward moment. So just put yourself out there. Uh, fourth, this is the point I'm actually probably the most passionate about. Choose carefully. Choose carefully. Uh, marriage is important. It's a big deal. It's not just, you know, society. I hear my coworkers always say, it's just a piece of paper. It's not just a piece of paper. It's committing yourself to someone for the rest of your life. Second to deciding if you're going to follow Jesus, it's the biggest decision. It's either going to make you sore or it's going to cause you a lot of pain, a lot of heartache, and a lot of quelching what God has called you to do. Um, th this is what really bugs me. People have spent more time trying to pick out a Netflix show than they do on who they should date and who they should marry. Stop spending time on Netflix and start thinking about the kind of person you want to date and who you're currently dating. Um, I think a lot of people date out of a place of loneliness. And I'm not trying to, to say that that's a small issue, that that's not a big deal, because loneliness is hard. But don't sacrifice your future... Don't sacrifice your future because you were lonely now. Yeah. I was watching this show. I've become obsessed with it. I'm like in episode six. As I go on Netflix, I just, oh my goodness. Um, I just episode six, out. and you just started watching it yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, it's amazing. In this show, this, it takes place in the 1950s, and this woman's husband leaves her for, her for his secretary. And she's just obviously struggling, and they have two little kids, and he's just like, I want a different life, and peaced out. And some, maybe someone knows what show this is. Um, I'm talk and then she's talking to a woman who's in her late 30s, early 40s. So then to be single for a woman would have been horrible back then. That's what they would have said to her, like, You're, this is terrible. And she looks at this woman, and she said, aren't you afraid to be alone? She's like, No. I'm scared to be insignificant. Guys, you should be more worried about your significance and what you are being called to than whether or not you're lonely. And here's, here's a really important thing. If you're a Christian, and this one's going to hurt, and you're dating a non-Christian, it's probably not a good idea. And that one hurts because we, we're like, well, no, they, they come to church with me. Guys, the values. What are the values of the person you're dating? What are the, because that's what's going to take you in. And if you, <laughs> that's what's going to keep you going in a marriage. And if you sacrifice some values, or you ask them to sacrifice values now, you're not going to be happy later. You might be okay right now, but it's not going to work later. And if you're not a Christian, and you're dating a Christian, here's the thing. They're going to ask you to give your money away. They're going to ask you, yeah, they're, you have just as much to, to, to give up here. They're going to ask you to serve and volunteer. They're going to ask you to come to church maybe when you don't want to. That's a huge sacrifice for you too. You need to understand the values. When, I, when Mark and I look, we're complete opposites, Mark and I. Personality-wise, not at all the same. But what we want out of life, what we value, where we want our family to go, that's what's the same. Chad Veach in a church in L.A., he says this, so, so good. Your marriage will either be your greatest blessing or your biggest lid. Your biggest blessing or your greatest lid. And sometimes people get desperate and we're like, no, I don't want to be alone. I just need to be with this person. And then they get into a marriage. And I don't know how many people Mark and I have seen who sacrifice calling, who've walked away from calling because of the person they married wasn't the right one. There is too much on the line, guys. This is not a little decision. This is a big deal. 
This is who you're going to do ministry with. This is who you're going to possibly raise babies with. Like, this matters and who you pick. And, and here's another thing. When you're dating someone, who are their closest friends? Like, who, who are the biggest influencers in their life? If you're always being like, let's just ditch your friends, that's not a good sign. <laughs> that's your future community if you marry that person. And, and what do the people around you say? People are not out to get you. Your circle should not be out to get you. So if they're telling you, hey, this isn't a good relationship. This isn't a good idea. They're not against you. It's not like, oh, it's just us versus the world, and oh, everyone's against us. No, like trust the people in your circle. They see something that you're, that you're lust and all that can't see right now because you're so caught up in all of it. Oh, man. I'm really passionate about this, as you can tell. <laughs> and if you're dating the wrong person, you know. You know right now. You're like, yeah. And you need to end that relationship. I'm not going to go Tony Robbins on you and make you call them right now in front of all of us. <laughs> I thought about that. No, I wouldn't. I would never. Um, but you need to end that relationship because you're not only wasting your time, which is super valuable, you're also wasting theirs. Mm -hmm. So look at the values, look at the friendships, and all of those things before you decide. Yeah, and we just think it's so important to pursue purpose and to be intentional uh, with your relationships. I think one of the easiest ways to do this is simply to invite Jesus into this area of our lives. So many of us think like, oh, God doesn't care about this. God doesn't care about my relationships. God, God is old school. He doesn't care about sex and all of that stuff. But, but he really, really does. He, he cares a whole lot. Um, so invite him into this area of your life. Don't just enter into relationships based on your attraction, based on your heart, based on your desires. You should be praying, God, is this the person you have for me? God, where are you leading me? God, what do you want for me? When Roberta and I started dating, I was constantly, every day, I was asking, God, is she the one? God, is she the one? God, is she the one? Because if not, then I'm done. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste her time. I'm going to shut this down if this is not who you have for me. So, so we just want to make it really clear, guys, it's not good to date for fun. It's not good to date for sport. It's dangerous. It's a waste of time. And, and dating is not an end in and of itself. Dating is a means to an end, and that end is marriage. You date to figure out, are you compatible for marriage? And if through that dating process, the answer is no, then, then, then move on. Move on to the next thing. Um, Thank you, next. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the best song to so, so, <laughs> so if you're dating someone just to cuddle, just to kiss, just because you're lonely, but you know there's no future, yeah. end it. End it. Um, so you want to be purposeful. You want to be careful. Um, but that also leads to our next point, number five. Be open to who God has for you. Ooh. Some of you got to get rid of those lists you got. <laughs> um, the 20 lists of like six feet, musician, dark hair, I don't know. Adam Levine, I don't know. Uh, you need to get rid of that list because you can't even live up to that list. And here's the thing. Values, yes, like we said, important. Where you're going, all of that. But also, I think people, every time I talk to them, like, yeah, we get along so well. She makes me laugh, but I'm just not attracted to her. Oh, buddy, you got to wake up. Attraction fades and comes and goes. Unless you've got millions of dollars of, of plastic surgery money and all of that, like, looks are going to change. And what I find so, I was talking to a friend who's married about this, and she always talks about how the first time she met her husband, uh, it wasn't even his looks that attracted her. It was his laugh. It was his humor. And from that, this attraction continued to grow. And that's what you need to understand. And ladies, like, you friend zone people who don't need to be friend zoned. If you... <laughs> yeah. <Aww. laughs> Stop friend zoning. 
thing. <laughs> if they are your best friend, that should be the person you marry. Yeah. <laughs> if they're easy to talk to, you get along with them, there's a reason and you need to give it a chance. I mean, I always say, Mark and I friend zoned each other. We were so in the friend zone of each other. Oh. Um, and we didn't have the moment. I think we see the movies where you're just gonna like lock eyes across the room and it's gonna be like whoosh, fireworks. Uh, that doesn't usually happen. That's why it's in movies. It's not real. <laughs> and I just love that we were such good friends, but I didn't think I would ever marry Mark. That was never anyone even on my radar to date. And when that kind of you know, feeling started coming, I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't date him. He's like one of my best friends. And my youth pastor's like, that's dumb. You're supposed to marry your best friend. <laughs> And so really, like, stop counting people out. I'm so, you got to look at what's actually important here and ask God to, like, hey, if this is someone you really get along with, ask God to give you attraction. I'm not even above that. Like, ask him to give you that and to give that person a chance because we got to stop friend zoning the best people, the most quality people for people who are just like, eh, okay, personality, look great, but not much else to the table. <laughs> just being honest. <laughs> this <is so> <laughs> We're, we're honest here. We're real. <laughs> we're authentic. We shoot from the hip. We just want to give it to you raw and real. Yeah. So. <laughs> I just, on top of that, there's one thing I did want to say. I mean, obviously, some people are great looking and have great personalities. I do want to make that clear. Um, does anyone know Meghan Markle? Yeah. Like one of those famous women in the world right now. She had an amazing friend who wanted to set her up with Prince Harry. We all, I guess, need better friends. And she... <laughs> <laughs> and she said the first question she asked her friend, I mean, you would think most women would be like, time and place, I'll be there. Like, come on, Prince Harry, Prince of England. And she said, is he kind? Because if he's not kind, I'm not wasting my time. That was a value of hers. She knew he was attractive. She knew all those things about him, but she wanted to know, is he kind? Does he bring that to the table? And that's important when you're dating. Mm, that's amazing. Uh, moving on, we don't have tons of time left, so we're gonna, we'll rush through these next few uh, principles. Number six is don't take things too fast. Don't, think to, don't take things too fast. So we live in a really fast-paced world, right? Like we're constantly going to the next thing, to the next thing, from here to there. We're hustling and bustling, and the world is really, really fast, and we just get caught up in that, right? Our, our souls are moving quickly. Our minds are moving quickly. Just everything is, our calendars are full. We're one appointment to the next to the next. We've just got caught up in this fast-paced world, but it's actually a really, <coughs> really important discipline to be able to slow down in a fast-paced world, and not just your life in general, but also when it comes to your relationships. So we need to take things slow. We can slow down a, a little bit. Like, you don't have to put the pressure and the weight of a marriage after going out with someone for one coffee, yeah. right? Like, we can slow it down just a little bit. Uh, after one date, you don't have to be like, hey, should we be going to each other's churches now? Or like, uh, Hey, if I give you my bank account info, will you, will you combine our accounts? Like, we, we, we just move so, so quickly, right? And, and in the Christian world, like, we're notorious for, like, egging each other on. And, like, you'll, 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 you'll go up to your friend and it's like, hey, I was looking across the foyer and I, I saw someone. So I, I smiled at them. And, and then your friends are like, oh, well, you, you should date them. And, 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 and then we'll plan your wedding. And, and let's, I, I got the magazine in my bag. Let's, let's pick out your dress right here, right now. And we just, we, we, we're notorious for meddling in that way, but we need to slow our rolls. We don't have to rush anything. 
This is a young adult ministry, right? We're all young in this room. You got time. Take it slow. Don't rush it. Absolutely. Have clear intentions. Uh, uh, be purposeful, but don't put so much pressure. We put so much pressure on our relationships. So here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to get really, really good at ignoring those outside voices who are like, so, you're going to tie the knot soon? It's like, bro, we've literally talked for four minutes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right? Like, so you're going to have to be like, ah, I'm, not, I'm not listening to that. And then your own voice, right? Because if you desire that, you're going you're gonna to begin thinking those things and, and really trying to force those and, and, and push them. So you've got to learn to ignore it. I love what Levi Lesko says, uh, that pastor from Montana. He says, the easiest way to marry the wrong person is to rush. Because you don't know that person. So you got to give yourself some time to get to know them. Have, have you had an argument? Have you gotten to some conflict? Have you seen them under pressure? Do you know who they are, like, holistically, like, from different angles, not just in a cafe, right? Like, you want to get to know them. So uh, slow it down so you can get to know them. And, and, and part of slowing it down is establishing boundaries in your relationship. If you want to take it slow, you got to put up some boundaries, which is our next point. Number seven is establish boundaries. So we're going to talk about sex. We have an entire uh, uh, message about sex and, and physical boundaries uh, in a few weeks. But, man, we just wanted to touch on this really, really quickly because, like, this is a problem. Like, we talk to so many people who have entered relationships without boundaries, and they've been scarred and hurt and damaged, and there's just so much pain because of it. And, and boundaries aren't sexy, right? Like, boundaries aren't exciting. And as young adult millennial Canadians, we have a really, really hard time with boundaries. We just want to rebel against all authority. You told me what to do, so I'm going to do the exact opposite. I don't care if you have my best interests at heart. But that's kind of what we're like, but that's, that's not okay. But, but I think specifically when it comes to physical boundaries, when we look to the Bible and, and we, we think, God, you just, you're just trying to ruin my fun. You're just, you're just trying to take away my sexy time. You just don't want me to have a great night. Like, you're just being a bully. You're just being a mean God. But you know what? The exact opposite is true. The reason God has set up those boundaries is because he wants you to have the best life, the best relationships, and can I get an amen, somebody, the best sex you've ever had. Come on. One, guy. <laughs> One guy's like, come on, God, thank you. And guess what? He's created, and he's mandated, and he's given us the best path to get there. You want to have the best sex? Say, God, show me. And he has shown us. Um, I, I once heard someone say, I love this, I quote it all the time, in the devil's freedom, there is bondage. But in God's boundaries, there is freedom. I love that so, so, so much. So we often think like God is trying to take away our liberty, but quite the opposite. He wants us to be more free than we've ever been before. And I'm not here to judge or condemn anyone. I'm not trying to make anyone feel shame or guilt if, if maybe you've crossed some of those boundaries. I need you to know that, that God loves you so much and, and, and he forgives you uh, and he wants to redeem you. He wants to heal that pain and hurt if you, if you have um, any regrets in your life. But when it comes to boundaries, I think we can maybe talk, we will talk about more about this later, but it, it's really about honor. If I could just give you one quick thing. When it comes to boundaries, if you're like, well, what are my boundaries? Uh, it, it, it's about honor. You want to make sure that you are considering honor. And, and so honor is an old word, right? We don't really use that anymore, but it's, it's about respect. It's, it's about respect. Um, and, and so when we enter into relationships, when it comes to boundaries, are you honoring that person? Are you honoring yourself? Are you respecting them? Are you esteeming them? Like, can I just say that Tinder culture, hookup culture, 
that's not about honor. That's about you getting what you want in the moment. That's lust over love. But God's heart is that we would honor. I love what Jesus says in Mark 12, 30. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. And as God says that, you know what he does is he puts the responsibility for the well-being of others on us. So I have to love all of you. I have to love Roberta like I love myself. That means I'm going to honor because I'm going to honor myself. I'm going to love. I'm going to respect. I'm going to esteem. So when it comes to your relationships and you're figuring out boundaries, ask this question. Is this honoring or am I just trying to get what I want? Am I just like in the moment, I'm like, oh, this feels good, and, or is this, is this honor? Are you, are you thinking about how this is going to impact your life and their life, how this is going to affect your walk with God and their future and your future and even your, your present? And so one of the most important things you can do in dating and in any relationship is, is establish boundaries. And as we wrap up, the last one, point eight, uh, maintain your individuality. Maintain your individuality. I'm just going to pop over here to Colossians 2.10. It says, for in him we have the whole, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is head of all rule and authority. And that's this, the idea that your spouse doesn't complete you. And that's a really fun line to say, oh, you complete me, I complete you. Um, but some of you get so caught up in that person and in that relationship that they become the center of your universe. Mm. And can I be honest with you? The reason I step back in ministry is because Mark became the center of mine a little bit. I stopped doing ministry because I thought his calling was more important than mine. I stopped doing so many things because I put him ahead of me. That's not right. I made him the center. Because everyone would tell me, oh, he's so great, he's so great. But I forgot that God had called me too. God has called you the same as he's called your spouse, the same as he's called the person you're dating. You can't give up who God has called you to be. And I see so many people do this. And especially, and I don't mean to go on a rant here, but especially as women, it's really easy to do it. It's really easy to put our husbands first. It's really easy to put our boyfriends first because we've kind of been ingrained in culture. That's what we're supposed to do. Girl, you got to step out. And sometimes Mark didn't even know I was doing it. He didn't ask me to do it. He tried to push me. But it was so, so easy for me to hold back because I made him more important than myself. And that's not true. That's not good in a relationship. So maintain who you are. Maintain who God has called you to be because God's called you to an adventure. John 10, 10. Um, he's called you to live life and life to the full. And that looks different for each and every person because we're different. And even when we get married, even when we're dating, that doesn't take that away. So live life, live life to the full. Yeah. So with everything we've shared tonight, we know it's been a lot. But um, we know that this could be potentially a tough season for a lot of people. So even after hearing this, there's still a lot of hurt, there's still a lot of pain, there's still a lot of struggle with any one of those principles or for any reason really we all have different experiences, uh, we all have different backgrounds. Some of you have made mistakes, some of you are feeling like you're stuck, some of you are just have broken hearts, you're frustrated. I don't know where you're at. I do know this, God knows exactly where you are at. God right now knows exactly where you are at. He sees your struggles, He sees your heartbreak. He sees what you're going through, and his heart above anything else is to be a part of that. He's so invested in you. He's so passionate about you. He's so crazy about you. There's one part of the, of the Bible where it makes it seem like God is a groupie, like he's just chasing after you. Man, he is wild about you. So right now, we're going to worship. We're going to sing another song, and, and as we enter into this time 
of worship and we sing this song, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Whatever's on your mind, whatever's on your heart, wherever you're at, invite God into this area of your life. Begin to pray, begin to seek his will, begin to seek his direction, ask him what he wants you to do, where he wants you to go. It's so important to invite him in.